Well, it's a delight to be with you this morning. Uh, this, this year, I've had to uh, travel a bit uh, for ministry, so it's always is a privilege for me to be back in Albuquerque uh, at City Press. And uh, just want to uh, remind the children, as, as Arlen did, that uh, nobody will be going to Sunday school this morning, but if you want some of the activ- activities out there, uh, please go pick up a packet. And I uh, just wanted to say to uh, the young people, um, the school year has just begun for most of you. Uh, and I want you to think about how to draw a picture of who helped you get to school that first day. Uh, did a parent take you? Was it a happy day or a sad day? Uh, you can draw whatever face you feel is fitting. If you are homeschooling, uh, what did the room look like where you do school? Uh, draw the people that were in your homeschool class. Maybe it was just you or others might be present. Um, but think of something from the beginning of school that you can thank God for. Uh, sometimes they're hard things, but usually among those, everything, you can find something that's really good to thank God for. Now, let's go into uh, Psalm 65. And I, I wanted to ask you, if you have uh, a Bible with you, to um, uh, open it to Psalm 65. If, it, if it's a digital form or paper form, it doesn't matter. But if you'll um, hold your finger um, or whatever it takes to get the digital one in that same place without going off on you, um, stay there because we're going to be coming back and forth to uh, Psalm 65 Uh, this whole message. So today we're looking in the Psalms. Uh, Psalms are an extraordinary book of the Bible uh, because it's written by several different people, a lot of them by David, uh, a lot of them by uh, people that led worship in the temple. And uh, uh, it gives us examples of, uh, of prayer, praise, and worship. And you can say, if, if you read through it and use it, try to pray through the Psalms yourselves, uh, you go through every kind of emotion uh, that you could ever imagine. And um, it shows how uh, God really calls us not to forget about our emotions and be all about what's in our head, but to want to, the faith that we are learning and perceiving intellectually uh, needs to be expressed in our lives through our emotions, through our heart. Uh, through our praises, and uh, uh, there are lots of examples of doing that, Um, examples of despair, of joy, of praise, of sadness, uh, you name a human emotion, and uh, it's there in the Psalms. The Psalms use many examples from nature. Uh, If if we know God, and you you heard about some of that in Psalm 65 this morning, when we know God, we see his power uh, in the mountains, in the oceans, uh, the universe, uh, as well as in uh, the the spiritual life that he's given us. It's there in all those things. And our creator God is so big that it is not possible with our human minds to understand everything about him. He is majestic. His ways are unfathomable. And just to uh, talk about one example of that, If I can get this to work. Uh, 
Okay, uh, Daniel, can we go to slide number four? A couple more. There we go. Okay. So um, this is probably not something that you look at really often, but this is a picture of the Mariana Trench, which is the deepest point in the ocean. Now, just remember when you think about these things and how big and deep they are, uh, God created this just by speaking, just by speaking his word. And it's really, uh, even to talk about the Mariana Trench, which is 36,201 feet, uh, and it's probably changing like most uh, things on the earth are, but it's almost seven miles deep. And you've probably heard a little bit more about Mount Everest than you have about the Mariana Trench and about how high it is. Uh, Mount Everest is... Uh, 29,032 feet, uh, but as high as it is, the pictures you see on it usually some, at least once a year on the news about people trying to climb it. Um, one in six people who try to climb Mount Everest die uh, because of how high it is, the complications of being able to breathe and walk, uh, to have oxygen go in your body there are, are so tough uh, that many people don't make it. And God just create, he created these things uh, just by the word of his power, just by speaking. Um, and if you climb to the top of Everest, uh, you, are, you are still uh, more than a mile away from how deep the Mariana Trench is. Uh, big examples of uh, what God has done. Uh, but we can understand, even though we can't understand everything about the Lord and his uh, ability is power, how he created things down to uh, atoms and protons and neutrons and neutrinos and whatever the categories are now. Uh, he does give us in his word enough understanding so that we can walk as his children bought by Jesus and give him glory in everyday life. And that's what Psalm 65 is about. Part of our worship. Abundant praise is what our Lord Jesus deserves. Uh, is he calling you to something special, some special way of praise? Okay, let's go back to, uh, let's go one more good. Uh, this is, let's see, we, we're going to verse 9. Daniel, thanks so much. Um, when we look at this, it talks much about the abundance of what God has given us. And how what we receive on the earth in a physical form uh, is, a, is a picture of that. Uh, you visit the earth and water it. The water comes from God. You greatly enrich it. Uh, even if we think about Albuquerque and always being in some uh, form in a stage of drought, the little water we get comes from his hand. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for you have prepared it. Your water, you water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. And I'm sure at some time in your life, uh, you've been uh, out on a farm and seen the uh, furrows that they uh, plow with a tractor, and then after a rain, what happens? Those furrows fill up with water, uh, and if it's a good rain, 
it overflows, and that's what brings life to the things that are planted. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon, uh, wagon tracks overflow with abundance. Those come from the Lord. Uh, let's go to the next slide. And one more. Thank you. Uh, one more. Abundant is the Lord. What does abundant mean? Well, uh, uh, it's pretty easy to say. It's, it, it means abundant means a lot, uh, a big amount, uh, more than you need. When someone says the word abundant, what comes to your mind? Uh, we think of a shared meal that we want on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Uh, we want it to be abundant. Uh, you could call abundance, could speak of fertility, uh, fertile crops, uh, copious, full, bountiful, leafy. Uh, pictures of those Thanksgiving tables. You probably have seen pictures of uh, uh, Napa Valley or other vineyards uh, vineyards in Italy with all the green and the clusters of grapes. Those are pictures of abundance. And this psalm, David is saying that the grace and provision of our Father God is abundant beyond belief. Interestingly, sometimes we have to teach our children not to be too abundant. Um, God's abundance is good. Sometimes our abundance uh, overflows in the wrong way, uh, teaching, trying to teach our children or, or our husbands, in Jenny's case, uh, not to overfill our glasses um, with water. Uh, I'm a slow student. I want to fit as much in anything that I have as is possible. In a glass, a cup, a garbage can, uh, a daily schedule, uh, I want, I'm trying to fill everything with as much as possible, and if a little bit gets out, uh, it doesn't bother me. My wife tries to help me uh, not to spill these liquid drops. But if you come to our house uh, without warning us that you're coming, and you walk around, you will see little brown circles uh, around the tile floors uh, where I've overfilled my coffee cup, and uh, those drops get there. Uh, I, I try hard to pay attention when those drops are coming. I clean them up before Jenny can see them, uh, but she always finds some more. <laughs> she tries to help me. Uh, but in this case, it is God himself who overflowed the cup, the cup of his love, his grace towards us, his abundance in creation. Uh, he wants our cups to be overflowing with his love and with the praise of Jesus, with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and love of God the Father. Uh, let's go to the next slide. In our context, David writes, O you who hear prayer, to you all men will come. When we are overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. Uh, sometimes he brings people to church or into the church, into his family that will surprise us, that are, we don't expect to come. Uh, you, you may have heard that uh, since about 19, 
1990, one of the fastest growing churches in the Muslim world has been in a country that you wouldn't necessarily think about, uh, but Iran. Uh, the church has been growing there uh, regularly. And there was a, this is, this is not his real name, uh, I'm not going to use his real name um, because of security reasons, but Pastor Nabil was the leader of a congregation in the city of Tehran, the capital city of Iran. And if, if you've been noticing the news this week, there have been all kinds of riots about uh, the way a young woman was uh, murdered by the police, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, things happening, the, the main Ayatollah promising to uh, put down with as much force as necessary uh, these uh, dissidents. Uh, but anyway, Pastor Nabil was a pastor of one of the congregations in the capital city of Tehran. And um, he's one of these kind of people, and you, you meet them occasionally, uh, who shares the gospel with everything that moves. Uh, if a blade of grass blows in the wind, uh, whatever moves, uh, they want to share about Christ with it. And on uh, this day, uh, Pastor Nabil and his wife were driving through downtown uh, uh, Tehran about midday, and as they were driving through, uh, they saw a man standing on the street corner in full Islamic clerical garb, uh, one of the, uh, probably a, a mosque leader uh, or higher in uh, Islamic religion. And his wife said to him, uh, Nabil, why don't we stop and uh, share about Jesus with this man? And on this occasion, he just kind of looked at her, ignored her, and moved on, uh, kept driving. And his wife said, well, honey, that's okay. Um, when we stand before God on the day of judgment and he asks us about this man's blood, uh, what are you going to say? Um, yeah, that's pretty straightforward. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, so her husband said, okay. So he went to the end of the block they were on, uh, turned the corner, came back around, up to where this man was on the corner, parked the car, uh, took some uh, gospel tracts and a New Testament in Persian out to give to him, and uh, walked up to him and said, uh, Sir, uh, my name is Nabil, and I wondered if you would like to talk some about God's Word. And the man got an angry look on his face, and he looked at his watch. He said, do you see what time it is? Uh, an angel appeared to me in a dream last night and told me to be here at 12 noon and that someone was going to share God's word with me. And it is now 1220. What is wrong with you? <laughs> um, and they shared God's word together. But these kind of things are happening in the Muslim world uh, as well as many other places. God is working to bring himself glory in places like Iran. His abundant grace is overflowing. Abundant praise is what our Lord Jesus deserves. Uh, he calls us to have overflowing hearts. Uh, ver verse 1, remember, if you've got your finger, well, there it is up on the screen too, uh, says, There will be silence before you and praise in Zion O oh God, and to you the vow will be performed. 
Well, there's something uh, interesting here. You, you may have noticed that what I read was a little different than what you see on the screen. Uh, that's because most translations use the word uh, praise is due to you. But the uh, New American Standard Bible uses something that is a little closer to what the original language says. And uh, when it says, there will be silence before you. Now, how can you praise and be silent? I think this, this captures something that it's, we, we know in life uh, and experience in certain ways, uh, but it's not something we always think about. So sometimes things are so good uh, that we just have nothing to say to express it. Um, Charles Spurgeon says that the words here mean that there will be silence before you, O God, in Zion because of how you have lavished your love upon us. Your forgiveness, uh, your speechlessness, we come to speechlessness because it is so uh, great, your forgiveness is. I mean, just, just think. Some of you have lived long enough uh, to do this. I think most of us, if you have come to know Christ and you've walked with him for um, some time, there will, there will be times when you come before him and say, Lord, how could I have done that again? Uh, I'm convicted. I'm guilty. Uh, I need you. I don't even want to come and talk to you because I'm so ashamed of what I did again. But the scripture is so clear. That is the time, first of all, that we bow before him. We don't run away because we are ashamed. But we bow before him and run to him again because he's a loving heavenly father. Uh, his son Jesus already paid for that 1,000th time, or even if it's 10,000, uh, he's already paid for it, and we're supposed to come, come to him as a welcoming father uh, in repentance. Uh, and when that happens, there are not enough words to describe how good God has been to you. Uh, do you ever spend time in silence? Uh, do, do we think about Jesus when we are quiet with nothing else, no noise around us? It's hard to find in our modern world places where there's no other noise around us. Uh, but we need those times. Do we take time to meditate on what his word has said, what he's given us, uh, like the Psalms does? Uh, I'll admit to you that uh, silence costs me. I already gave you a hint of this uh, uh, I, I'm an, my natural tendency is to be an activist, uh, an extrovert. Uh, I like to complete tasks. I want to be productive and effective. I, I love checklists. And uh, don't laugh too hard because some of you are the same way. Um, we, we love those things, the sense of accomplishment. When I wake up in the morning, I don't have to decide about what I'm going to do that day. Uh, the list just starts to roll out. I don't ask myself, okay, give me the list. It's just there, and it starts to roll out with the things that um, I need to do, that I plan to do. Uh, it, it's there. Uh, I want to do as many things as possible in the shortest amount of time, and I always plan a lot. Without fail, I have more than I can do. I like action. Now, you can imagine, uh, Jenny is... Um, is more of an extrovert, and at, fine, at times she finds this frustrating. Uh, and not for the reason you might think. Uh, it's because 
she likes to ask me, okay, when can we leave to go do this? And I will say, I'll be ready at 1 p.m. But when 1 p.m. reaches, I still have three more things to finish uh, that are in my head and are on my list uh, than what I've able, been able to get done. I try to keep the hour that I've given her, uh, but I end up often a couple minutes late. Uh, she would say regularly 15 minutes late. Uh, is it possible that there are others of you uh, who share this same uh, life together? Many times we have to apologize and forgive each other. Uh, there are ways that she needs to do that with me, ways I need to do that with her. Jesus is working inside of both of us, both the extroverts and the introverts. Uh, one, one man, I can't remember who it was, said, we need to walk with God daily. We need to hear from him through his word daily. We need to have the time and take the time. But the biggest enemy of godliness is busyness. Often it's not some big uh, outspoken or uh, uh, flaring, glaring sin. Uh, it's just plain old busyness. And to experience being overwhelmed with Christ's goodness for us, to be silent, uh, we have to slow down and take the time. Uh, it's like when a mother has been going through labor expecting her child, uh, and there's lots of pain, uh, there's the, the nine months or so of pregnancy. Uh, fathers, we've watched our wives go through this, those that uh, have been blessed with children, uh, but even we've had friends, even if we don't have our own children, uh, we've seen and helped go through this. When that child is born and the pain is finished, there's speechless joy. Sometimes crying and outspoken joy, but there are times of speechless joy because uh, when the child is healthy uh, and there's nothing wrong, all the digits are there, uh, there's nothing we have to say that can speak how wonderful that is. Silence sometimes says more than a thousand words. And it's good for us. The Psalms teach us and other places in the Scripture that we go before the Lord. We have those enough time set aside that we can be silent and the Word can speak to us through the Lord Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Abundant praise is what our Lord Jesus deserves. What might he be calling you to? What will your praise look like? Uh, and then we see some talk in uh, Psalm 65 of super overflowing grace. Um, I don't know if I have a slide for this, but it should be in uh, verses 2 through 5. If you have your Bible open or your uh, phone, you hear the prayer, all flesh will come to you. Uh, and then it skips to verse 4, blessed is he whom you chose and draw to you to dwell in your courts. We'll be satisfied with the good of your house and of your holy temple. With tremendous things, you will answer us in justice, O God of our salvation. Hope from all the ends of the earth and from the most remote ends of the sea. Super overflowing grace. 
uh, is offered. Jesus has provided it for all who will believe. Let's go to uh, slide nine. And uh, in, in honor of Paul Stern and thanking him for playing bass in my place this morning, I have a map. You're welcome. So you can read what it says at the top. Uh, Myanmar, which used to be called uh, Burma, and uh, not known for a lot of good things happening there, uh, a military junta that uh, really uh, controls the country and has put away the elected officials. But uh, Burma has a long story. And I want to tell you just briefly about a man named Adoniram Judson. Um, if the Eggers were here this morning, uh, we would have had a Judson with us. But Adoniram Judson lived between 1788 and 1850. Uh, he went to uh, Yale University, was going to be a lawyer, and the Lord met him and uh, called him to take the gospel of Jesus to Myanmar, formerly called Burma, in Southeast Asia. And uh, Adoniram had a wonderful plan. Once he understood and realized and sensed that God was calling him, he wanted to move to uh, Yangon, live and dress like a Burmese a Buddhist, because all Burmese were at least officially Buddhist, to learn their language, preach to them, and see thousands of men come to know Christ. Uh, he entered Rangoon, that's Yangon today, in 1817 with his family. His plan did not work as he had imagined. So after uh, eight years of dressing like a Buddhist, uh, learning to speak Burmese, and then uh, preaching, talking to people on the streets, uh, he had seen all of one person come to faith in Christ. And he began asking the Lord, what, what am I doing here? We came all the way here. I've been using all my time and effort. People are giving money to this. Uh, what am I even doing here? Uh, so he decided that he would translate the Bible into the Burmese language. And uh, in about five years, he had a rough translation, and he was trying to use it, getting people to read it, to study the Bible, and still seeing nothing happen. So this is about 13 years he was there. Uh, around that time, a man named Kotha Bu showed up at uh, Adoniram's house looking for a job. Uh, and unbeknownst to Adoniram, Kotha Bu was a robber uh, from the Karen tribe in the mountains of Burma uh, who had murdered many people in the, um, the highway robbery he had been doing, uh, eventually decided to go to the city to get away from uh, police chasing him and tribal people chasing him. And he got a job working for Adoniram Judson. Uh, and then Adoniram, with the people that worked at his house, was uh, doing a Bible study uh, once a week and praying with them. Uh, and over a two-year period, uh, Kotha Bu, uh, who at first seemed really dense, couldn't understand a thing about the gospel, uh, made a profession of faith in Jesus. And he started asking questions about these, these strange white people with a book they brought from the West. Why have they come here with a message from God? And suddenly, everything fell into place for Ko. He received Christ. He began soaking in the Burmese Bible 
uh, as though it was rain on dry land. Uh, and within two years, Kothabu went back to his Karen, the Karen people in the mountains. If, if you see the news these days and you see about Burma, uh, you often see news of the uh, Burmese army uh, killing Karen people in the mountains because they've, uh, they don't like them. They're a different ethnicity. They're not faithful Buddhists. Um, and it, that's gone on for centuries, and it's still happening. Anyway, Cole went there, and God used him over a period of 15 years. Uh, more than 3 million people heard the gospel, and 200,000 uh, were baptized and began to follow Christ. And the church there in uh, the Karen part of uh, uh, Myanmar is still strong today and is trying to take the gospel into other regions of uh, that part of Asia. Abundantly praising God's works is something he calls us to. He does it by drawing people who would have no opportunity to hear of him into his kingdom. Uh, abundantly praising God also does something in us. And I think it's, uh, it's pretty cl clear in the New Testament that praising God, giving thanks helps us. God has commanded us to do it. Yes, and that should be enough reason for us to do it. But it also uh, works blessing in us. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says, very famous passage, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving... That's praising. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Abundant praise is what our Lord Jesus deserves. Overflowing waters of praise. And if you think about uh, the New Testament, uh, let's, let's go... Um, yeah, this is, this is good. Uh, right here in, uh, uh, let's, let's go back to uh, Psalm uh, 65 and 1 through 4. Uh, it's, it comes out right here uh, in verses 3 and 4. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. Blessed is the one who cho you chose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. Uh, we, we might ask, and it's a good thing to ask, what does Psalm 65 have to do with Jesus? Well, look here uh, in verse 3. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. It's saying very clearly, David knew this. He didn't know in what form it would come. He believed the Messiah would come, the anointed one. Uh, but he knew this promise, and David wrote this psalm, when iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. David is admitting uh, he's a sinner. Uh, even though I'm fighting against my sins or transgressions or iniquities, how, whatever word we want to use, our rebellion against God, there are times when we will not win. Um, they will get the best of us. And God is the one who provides the atonement. Other translations say, you will provide atonement 
for our transgressions. That came in Jesus. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. Now, David knew this and says it very clearly in verse 4. It's God, it's the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who calls people to himself and brings them near. He brings us into his courts with forgiveness and teaches us to be filled with abundant praise for himself. What is the Lord Jesus calling you to? Might there be an Adoniram Judson here today? Uh, Or a Billy Graham? Uh, Or a Chuck Colson? Uh, We don't have to be famous to serve the Lord, but there is a place that he calls all of us, whether it be in Albuquerque or in Burma, uh, Myanmar, uh, he calls us to be with him, giving him praise, through our words, and through our lives. Now this morning, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Uh, But I just want to pray for us before we uh, move into that and ask the Lord to open us up to what He's calling us each to. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank You this morning that we can come before You, uh, that You called us to Yourself. Some of us may still be questioning who You are, Uh, And you welcome those questions. And we just ask, Lord Jesus, that you would be at work, that you would show yourself mighty, that you would would reveal uh, to those of us who are having doubts today, uh, who may not even have yet trusted you, uh, open the minds, open our minds, open the eyes of our hearts to see who you really are and that what you've done for us deserves abundant praise. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.